And I remember when he missed the second field goal, he kind of like just shook his head like, what is going on? And I felt like that was who the how the Bills felt the entire day. They were just like, what is going on? I, they just didn't feel like a confident and competent team. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Hello and welcome into the Wandering Buffalo podcast, a show here on the Built-in Buffalo Network. My name is Andrew Chang and alongside me is, well, I guess would be Justin Goddard, but uh, due to scheduling errors, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, he's going out of town, I got people coming into town, we can really line up our schedules to be on the same page, so it's actually going to be just me tonight as I recap this hard L that the Buffalo Bills just took to the Indianapolis Colts. Not to worry though, Justin will be doing his own solo pod this coming Thursday, Thanksgiving, to preview the game against the the New Orleans Saints, so definitely check his show out. I know he did a solo pod previewing the Jets and it was really strong, so I would expect nonetheless from Justin when it comes to this primetime matchup against the Saints. Anyways, you can find us on this on most social media and podcasting platforms and even on YouTube by searching up the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. And as I mentioned, we are part of the Built-in Buffalo Network. We got amazing content creators on our team, so definitely check them out as well as they have great insight and tidbits on, you know, this game that I'm about to recap against the Colts and the previewing previewing the game uh, against the New Orleans Saints. But without further ado, I'm just going to jump right into it. And we got to talk about Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen goes 21 of 35 for 209 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. That's a rating of 72.2. Not great, I must say. And I was there in attendance at the Colts game. I brought my girlfriend to her first Buffalo Bills experience and... I, I think she had a real good time. The tailgating was fun. The food is great. The camaraderie of all us Bills fans, like sharing food, throwing the football, and just talking, having fun. You know, it was just a great time. But then as soon as we got into the stadium, things kind of changed, uh, you know, obviously because of the outcome of the game and the weather. And uh, I I don't. I, I just don't really know how to explain how I felt about Josh Allen today. And there's no way of tiptoeing around it. He he didn't have a good day. He threw two picks. Um, the second one, kind of like, you know, it is what it is. Like, it was tipped, then tipped again, and then intercepted by the guy who tipped it the second time. Like, okay, not much you can do there. The first one, I believe, was in the first quarter, and... He was trying to get it to Gabriel Davis, who might have been held on the play, might have not been, but Allen was just staring down Gabriel the entire time, so Odom could just go over there and just cut the route off and just pick the ball off. I think when I saw that happen, I I thought to myself, okay, get out of the way. This this will be okay. This secondary for the Colts is very suspect and we could probably overcome this, but obviously it didn't happen. And Josh knows that he, he needs to be better. He's 
a top 10 paid quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, but this season so far, he's had some up and downs, mostly up in my opinion, but I I think he needs to go back to the drawing board, and I I don't know if I can place this all on him, and I, I don't think you should place all the blame on Josh Allen, but he needs to be better against a favorable matchup. And I just don't think it it just it just didn't feel like the the Colts had one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. They felt like they they limited the Bills to fifteen points in total. And I would argue the the second touchdown to Diggs and the two point conversion that the Colts let up, they were just kinda like, Okay, we'll let you move the chains and whatnot, but we're just ultimately gonna let you run the clock, milk the clock for what it's worth. And you know, they did that, but I, I don't know. When it comes to Josh Allen, I think this is a bad game. He understands that he's got that growth mentality. He's going to go back to the board. He's got to go back to the board. He's got a big matchup against the New Orleans Saints, and right now the Patriots are technically first place in the AFC East. This loss that they just took to the Colts hey, sh- should shake everyone in that at one bills drive down to the core now this isn't the first wake-up call that this team has gotten i i would argue that the pittsburgh loss was a wake-up call i would argue the titans game was a wake-up call because you know they they ended up losing at the last second because on of a failed fourth and inches conversion allen slipped okay you know it is what it is Take it for what it, for what it's worth. I, I walk I walked away from that game thinking, okay, the Bills aren't going to run away to the Super Bowl. Like they're they they are contenders, but they are other contenders in the AFC, and they're not going to go quietly. They're going to give Buffalo their best. Every team is going to give give Buffalo their best, and you saw that against the Jags. They limited Allen down to six. The Allen and the offense down to six points, and. That should have been a wake-up call. Then they beat up on the Jets, and then we get to the Colts. We all know the Colts is all about a Jonathan Taylor. Carson Wentz is playing average to slightly above average, you know, right now. And I thought it, it almost it almost felt like to me, walking into this game, that the score should have been flipped. You know, <laughs> except if that makes any sense. Like I expected Allen to put forty-five points on them or 43 or whatever it was, through the air. And I expected the Bills' defense to just shut down the run completely. The Bills like to make other teams play with, like, one hand tied behind their backs. Like, take away their best weapon. What are they going to do from there? And it didn't work today. And we'll get to the defense and all that stuff, but Allen's got to be better. This is the fourth wake-up call for the Bills and their offense and just the entire organization as a whole. And I'm not so sure what they're going to do differently, but as Alan would say, it starts with me. It starts with me. And I, I, I love Josh Allen. It doesn't, it's not all on him, but he needs to be play. He needs to play better for us to at least be competitive in these games. This was not a competitive game. This was just, an embarrassing loss. 
I mean, Mitch Trubisky even came in the game. He, I mean, threw three, five passes for th three attempts and threw a pick. So I, I remember, I remember on Twitter, people were saying, get rid of Allen, bring him Trubisky. Trubisky isn't it. Allen's a great quarterback. He just needs to play better. And we as fans know that he can play better. I'm not here to, you know, crap on Allen or the team. And that's not what you're going to get from me. I just know that this team can perform better. They're just not doing it right now. And it's a, I don't know if it's an organizational thing. I don't know if it's a culture thing or just a, a huge rut that the Bills are currently in. But they need to work through it because these next coming games are really going to shape who the 2021 Buffalo Bills are. And right now at the start of the season, right, Bills are favored to win the Super Bowl. And now they're in the sixth or seventh seed, I believe. They're they're basically almost in the hunt again. That that should light a fire underneath them because they know they're a great team. They just got to go out there and do it. Let's move on to the Bills running backs. You know, Matt Breida, again, five carries, 51 yards. He looked pretty good. It seems like when he gets the rock in his hand, he's able to do something. That that second gear, that speed, definitely seems to be, an, you know, pun intended, a nice change of pace for this Bills offense. The second leading rusher is Allen with two carries for 18 yards. Then after that, it's Devin Singletary, three carries, 17 yards, and then Zach Moss, three carries for five yards. In total, the team carried the ball 13 times, 91 yards for, yeah, it just, that's an average of seven per carry. That's That seems pretty good on paper, but if you get granular, you look at Zach Moss, a, a former third-round pick, and he's only able to get five yards off of three carries. I know the Bills really like him as you know, a pass blocker, but when it comes to running the football, I, I feel like I feel like I just see him consistently run into contact. Like isn't the point and I might be a little harsh here, but isn't the point of football to not get tackled if you're on offense? Like don't get tackled, keep going forward. And I, I'm a I, I understand it's it's a hard position to play. Football is not an easy sport. But I, I do feel like Moss likes that business decisions, you know, like mentality where he's going to look for contact and occasionally he'll break one off and it all of us will be sitting on the TV go like, damn, look at that, Moss. But it just seems like, especially in this game, it didn't work. And the carries got split up, again, evenly between him and Singletary. Singletary... He's not the fastest guy. He's not going to run away from people, but he has that ability to, you know, cut on a dime almost, you know, not not saying he's Shady McCoy, but he's able to make people miss. The only problem with him is that he's slow and he has terrible ball security. So it's kind of like, okay, we have someone that can run away from people, but he can't hold on to the football, but we have someone who could pass block, and hold the football. So they turned to Josh Allen, and you saw that earlier in this game. They went to some QB design runs. 
Uh, one of them, which was negated due to a fall start because of Cody Ford, and we'll get to the offensive line here in a bit. Kind of upsetting. And then Matt Breida, like I said, excellent change of pace. He seems like he's doing something with the Rock, and I I don't know, man. Like McDermott says that he wants this team to be two-dimensional. We need more dimensional running backs. No offense to Singletary or Moss, and it's too soon to say with Breida, but they're not multi-dimensional backs. They're just they're just guys, you know. It's it's kind of unfortunate. Let's move on to the pass catchers for the Buffalo Bills, and Dawson Ock leads the way with six catches, eighty yards. I had that really impressive catch over uh Colts defensive back where he was interfered with it really really impressive catches by by Knox but he also had a drop or two in that game um so I guess that's okay Gabriel Davis next next up two catches 27 yards Sanders three catches 26 yards Singletary three for 26 Diggs four catches 23 yards now we had those two touchdowns he was targeted in the red zone but our number one wide receiver only gets four catches for 23 yards. Not, not ideal. And he, here's, a, here's an interesting tidbit. Colt Beasley had four catches for 23 yards. He's been nursing a rib injury, and I'm not so sure that the Bills even used him that much out there. I got to go back and watch the game really to, to validate that. But we saw during the Jets game last week, Beasley was basically not used at all in the second half and I'm not so sure he was used that much in this game either but the fact that he had the same amount of production and if this is true if Beasley had the same amount of production as Diggs with less time on the field I I don't it that's a problem Diggs is a superstar wide receiver and Allen like I said Allen's gotta be better the coaching needs to be better because we know what these two can do when they're on the same page. I don't know necessarily if it's Allen. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's Diggs. Maybe I, I just don't know where to point the finger. And there's not a lot of room for excuses because this team is deep with talent. There's too much talent on this team to have your number one wide receiver go for four catches for 23 yards. It's it's, unex, it's inexcusable, to be honest. As a total, the team caught 24 passes for 228 yards and the average depth of nine, nine and a half yards. Look, I, like I said, Knox uh, had the long catch of 31 yards. And now we're going to go into the section of like turnovers and officiating and I won't spend too much time on officiating but they they do have something there's some there's something to be said about officiating right let's talk about turnovers first McKenzie that fumble that you had off the kickoff inexcusable very inexcusable and I love Isaiah McKenzie I I think he's He's the face of the franchise. He's got a great personality. He wants to be in Buffalo. Buffalo wants him. And uh, this is what you're going to get with McKenzie sometimes as the returner. Some inconsistency. 
but with the home run break home run ability as well. We've seen him take punts back for touchdowns. We've seen him do some really good things in the return game. But occasionally you're gonna get a muff punt. Some or in this instance, in this Colts game where he slipped and just fell on the ground and the ball just squeaked out on him, which gave the Colts a first and goal at like the three yard line. That that was pretty pretty painful to watch. And I remember looking to my girlfriend at the time, and she's not, you know, a huge, you know, football connoisseur, but she looked at me and she said, that's not good. And I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> so Isaiah, you just got to do a better job of holding the football. Um, I, I know some people on Twitter were saying, you know, it's Marcus Stevenson's turn. McKenzie, get him off the roster, all this other stuff. Like, okay. I understand McKenzie is a little inconsistent. But, come on, we're, we're going to turn the reins over to a six-round draft pick who's also unproven and couldn't win the job outright in training camp? I don't know if that's necessarily the answer. Now, you can kick the tires on that, but I, I don't know. Jumping, jumping to conclusions right off the bat, is it, it's not how I want to think about this football team, especially when people were saying, like, you know, give get rid of Josh Allen, get rid of like Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. Like they're, they're, they're terrible. They're frauds, all this other stuff. Like guys, this is a team that just went to the AFC championship game last year. It sick winning in the NFL is very hard. You can't predict things. They, they, this regime felt very confident in who they had and that's how they felt last year. And they were able to get to within one game of the Super Bowl this year. Has the story of the 2021 Buffalo Bills has yet to be fully written. There, there is plenty of opportunity for this team to turn it around. But they got to clean up these turnovers. Allen had that one fumble. Looks like it just squeaked out of his hand. Very similar to how uh, that zone replay happened against the Jags. It looked like it just like right out of his hands. Very unfortunate. Now... Morris hopped on it, squeaked out of him somehow, and then McKenzie got it. Or I'm sorry, Singletary got it. So that was that was great, I guess, in terms of getting the ball back into the Bills' possession. But those fumbles can't happen, and Allen understands that he needs to be better with it. And like he says, it starts with him. He understands it. We understand it. He, they just need to go out there and secure the football. The Bills also had, like I said, had two takeaways um, through the air. It just wasn't great. It just wasn't a great day for the Bills and the toxic differential. Now let's get to the off uh, officiating. I'm sorry. And I'm pretty sure the Colts didn't really have a lot of penalties in this game. Let me let me check real quick. Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, they didn't really have a lot of penalties. The Bills, on the other hand, it just seemed like when there was a stop on third and whatever, a flag came in against the Bills. Like, oh, roughing the passer. Oh, holding on defense. You know, roughing the passer it happened twice. Uh, illegal contact. All, all this other stuff. And it was... It was upsetting. 
right? Because you know this team is much better than this. But when you get all these penalties in on your favorite team, and you think to yourself, at least when I, sometimes I think to myself this, like, okay, these refs are really, really bad. And this season, I think they are really bad. They they need to be more consistent. They need to call things both ways on on both teams. And sometime and throughout the eleven weeks or whatever of the NFL so far, they've proven to be relatively inconsistent. However, there are some penalties that are completely valid. Like, oh, you you definitely committed that. And I'm starting to wonder if the Bills have a discipline problem and penalties aren't like an exclusive thing to the 2021 buffalo bills penalties seem to have been a problem just like the running defense and we'll get to the defense soon here since sean mcdermott has been here just like tackling the under sean mcdermott i i feel as if penalties and tackling and run defense have just been historic problems and Maybe maybe there needs to be a change in terms of how McDermott handles discipline. Maybe bring in, a, I don't know, like a retired ref or something. And I'm just spitballing here. I'm not actually saying they should do all this stuff. But I, I remember in the past, I think Rex Ryan even did it. And I'm not saying Rex Ryan is a great head coach. But I do remember that he brought in an official one time during training camps and they were like, Oh, you can't do this. Oh, you can't do that. Or maybe it was McDermott. In any event, I think they need to get back to their roots, really work on the fundamentals of the game, like tackling and put themselves in the best position to win games. Cause what we saw on Sunday against the Colts was them putting themselves in the worst possible position to win games like they they couldn't tackle the run defense was atrocious and they knew they were running the football pretty much the entire time they just couldn't do anything about it and again we'll get to that in a minute and i understand tremaine and star was out of the game but i mean come on like (laughs) you know it, it can't be that bad especially when you're selling out the run defense and then just like officiating it just seemed to me it just seemed like that it was just undisciplined football uh, and it was it was upsetting it was very upsetting anyways that's gonna wrap up the offensive side of the football we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back welcome back everyone we're gonna wrap up the rest of this episode by talking about the bills defense and special teams and coaching here on this episode and uh yeah let's just go right into the defense i got the whole stats right here provided by espn so as a team that they had 88 tackles 48 solo tackles zero sacks three tackles for loss two pass uh deflections two qb hits now Oh boy. All right, let's start with this defensive line. They did not perform well. 
whatsoever. They could not stop the run. They couldn't set anything up. It, they had trouble getting pressure on Carson Wentz. And when they did get to Carson Wentz, um, he on one of the plays, he did that famous you know, duck play. And he was able to scamper for like 10, 15 yards, which was a real back, uh, back-breaking play during the game. And I remember seeing it live, and I just thought to myself, that's that's going to hurt this team because they the defensive line was just getting pushed and shoved around by the Colts offensive line. And I know the Colts have a above average to really good, good offensive line here, but with all the money, resources, and time on task that this defensive line it, like has been through, it's just like how how was it that bad you know they like i mentioned earlier in this episode like the bills understood they're going to run the ball with jonathan taylor but the bills couldn't stop that and we know starla tule was out we don't know if he's going to be back for the saints game i don't know what's going to happen with that but yikes they played the Colts last year without Starla Tule as well. And they were able to bottle up Jonathan Taylor to under 100 yards. And I think he got one touchdown. And I get it. Tremaine Edmonds was there. But, you know, A.J. Klein was in for Tremaine Edmonds. And he filled in very admirably last week against the Jets. And I'm not saying that Tremaine Edmonds and A.J. Klein are interchangeable because we know Tremaine's having a great year. I just didn't think the drop-off was going to be that significant. And even when those two are in the game, the Bills' run defense hasn't proven to be, you know, a a top unit in the league. Now, statistically, this year, we know the Bills' defense is doing really, really good, at least before this game. I, I don't know how it's going to shake out after uh, Monday Night Football and all that stuff, but... And I'm recording this on Monday before the game, so it's hard for me to actually, you know, say what's where we are because it hasn't happened yet. But this defensive line, we we invested so much into it. Boogie Basham was at, available today. F.A. Obata was there. Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, Mario Addison, God, Jerry Hughes. The defensive ends, like, just nothing happened, and I'm pretty sure Assing got flagged maybe once or twice for, you know, roughing the pass. And then you look for the defensive tackles at Oliver. I thought he actually had a pretty good game. His first sack of the year got negated due to a holding call against Teron Johnson. Like, dang, this man cannot get a sack this year because of penalties. And I think I'm pretty sure this is the second time he's. His sack, his first sack has been negated because of a penalty. Very unfortunate. And then Harrison Phillips, he's he's a he's a fan favorite, right? Everyone loves him. His first year he's doing all right. Then I think his last year he he's not there because he tears his ACL or something like that. And he comes back this year. He's looking all right. Sometimes uh, as a serviceable backup, but he's just inconsistent. And we need more from the defensive tackles side of 
we need more beef in that room you know <laughs> as as weird as that sounds you know we we need more beef but it, they just they just seem to get pushed around all day and then vernon butler comes in and he's he's getting pushed around all day and i can't help but think to myself is this an area that the bills severely overlooked in the offseason same thing with the offensive line and people are going to look at boogie basham as an opportunity cost what we gave up to get we could have gotten someone like creed humphrey help solidify that offensive line we didn't we went for boogie basham and I'm not here to say that that was a bad move. I like Boogie. He's got a high motor. And he's probably on that AJ Epinesa plan where he's going to be inactive, active, depending on game day. But come next year, I think he's going to be active pretty much every game of the year. And that would be great. And especially if he can deliver. But, and that's like, you know, getting ahead of the need. You know, they... They were like, all right, this is definitely going to be a need next year. But they also needed, at that moment, interior offensive line help. And that has been a huge problem for this team. Anyways, the defensive line, getting back to the topic at hand here, just really lackluster for how much money and resources and investment that this team has put in there. The fact that we only had, oh, the fact that we had zero sacks, and two QB hits isn't good enough. That's really, really bad, actually, for how much we put into this team. Moving on to the linebackers. I mean, Milano is Milano. I thought he did fine. Did As always, he's doing good, and he's played through that shoulder injury. Was worried that he wasn't going to be able to go, but he proved that he could do it. Hopefully, he didn't get banged up at all at the end of this game. You looked at AJ Klein, who, again, you. I said it last week. I think he's a serviceable backup here, and some people were saying replace him instead of Tremaine. Now I thought that was a little insane, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I just didn't think it was AJ's best day. But at the same time, can we fault him for that? No. This this offensive line that they played against was very, very good. They were able to get to the second level and make huge holes for Jonathan Taylor to run through. You look you look at the cornerbacks here and the safeties. I mean, Carson Wentz, what, what do you have? Less than... He had 106 yards on 11 catches. And he attempted 20. So he was right over 50%. He had a rating of 86.7. I think the Bills cornerbacks and safeties, for the most part, did their jobs. Like As a team, the Colts had 11 catches for 106 yards, as I mentioned before, and only one touchdown. And we know that one touchdown came from uh, what's his name? I'm blanking. Jonathan Taylor. That 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 was the assignment there. You want to beat the Colts? You got to focus on Jonathan Taylor. The man had five total touchdowns. 
rushing the ball, the Colts had 46 carries for 264 yards. Not great, but when it comes to passing the ball, the the cornerbacks and the defense or and the safeties for the most part they handled their job. They just couldn't stop the run and this this number one offense and defense is slowly coming back down to earth and statistics will tell you that any any score that's really really high might is probably an outlier right and things will return back to the mean and the average the league average I think that the Bills average is of easily a top 10 defense in the league, but this game, huge outlier for them. Now, the score would suggest that, but the Bills' pass defense held up. Their running attack, not so much. Not so much. And I, I don't know what the Bills can do to turn it around, but hopefully Star will come back and Tremaine will come back as they're as this team really banked on their availability to stuff the run, but so far it, it just hasn't been great. Let's move on to special teams and coaching here as I wrap up this episode. Bass over two on field goals. You know, I was there. It was a windy, cold day, but when you have a journeyman kicker on the other side badgley make all of his kicks, it's kinda like all right, that kind of sucks. And, you know, Bass wasn't asked to make favorable kicks either. A lot of them really long field goals, and we know Bass is good. It just was an off day. And I remember when he missed the second field goal, he kind of like just shook his head like, what is going on? And I felt like that was who the how the Bills felt the entire day. They were just like, what is going on? They just didn't feel like a confident and competent team to me. And I think if you look at Tyler Bass, that that's pretty much, pretty much the size of it. You know, that like it's, he's a great kicker. People are going to give him crap for it, but it happens. Okay. And then I'm going to get in coaching defensively. Not good enough. The team knew that they wanted to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor, as I mentioned, and they didn't do anything. They tried. I mean, they tried. They just couldn't do it. Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, they got to go back to the board and fix this problem because we have a real big stretch of games coming up, and this can't be an issue if we want to make it to the postseason. Offensively, also not great, right? Josh Allen didn't have the production of a, you know an elite quarterback, which we know he can be, and we know he is. It's just I don't know if it was the plays that he checked into. I don't know if it was the calls, but yikes. When you have that poor of a secondary that you're going against and you can only muster up 15 points, not great. Again, not ideal. Not ideal. I want to talk about how McDermott went for the field goals instead of going for it. 
on fourth and whatever. I'll be honest, it kind of came off cowardly to me. It reminded me a lot of that AFC championship right before a game, right before the half where he was like, all right, we're going to kick a field goal because I feel like this team needs to get points on the board. We, Yeah, we need points on the board, but we need six, not three, right? And it just felt like in the moment, McDermott kind of reverted back to his conservative ways when we were already down by like 35 points or something or something like three four scores so just like what's the what's the harm of going for it right it he didn't and McDermott's proven that he can grow into that aggressive mentality and whatnot but today it just seemed like he reverted back to his conservative ways which I wasn't a fan of and at the end of the day and I guess I'll wrap up the episode here is that The Buffalo Bills are a great team. They they have everything, everything in the makeup to be a Super Bowl winning team. But unfortunately, today, or on Sunday rather, they proved that they have flaws. And this, you know, this isn't a... a you know, the Bills don't live in a vacuum. This is a problem with every team in the NFL. They have flaws. They have areas of weaknesses. Look at the Tennessee Titans. Everyone thought they were going to run away and be the number one seed. They just lost to Tyrod Taylor and the Texans, a team that the Bills shut out. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? The difference between good teams, great teams, and Super Bowl teams is that they can make adjustments on the fly and then learn, adapt, and become better at the end of the day. I know this team can do that, and they showed that last year. This year, it looks like they've they've basically faced adversity a couple of times to some teams that they should have beat, but they didn't. And we're going to find out a lot about who the Buffalo Bills are this year in in these next couple of games. And not to mention this. The New England Patriots are in first place of the AFC East. They just took the crown back. Now, we got a date with them on Monday Night Football, first week of December, and then... We, we got to play them again later, uh, I think like two weeks after that. So we can still definitely win the division. And I'm not going to lie, Mac, Mac Jones doesn't really scare me as a quarterback. But this team needs to wake up. They needed to wake up like four weeks ago. I know this team's better. I know this this whole regime is better. And I understand that this loss kind of these these losses that we've had this season kind of brings us back to pre Sean McDermott era Bills, where like oh, a game that the Bills should win, but they'll probably lose, <laughs> you know, kind of mentality. But don't forget that McDermott came here and turned this team around. 
He's done it before. And I think he'll do it again. And that's where I'll leave this episode. So thanks for listening. Again, you can find Justin's episode on the game preview against the New Orleans Saints on Thursday, which will be tomorrow, depending on when this episode drops. But uh, I do want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in. And you can find us on, again, on the Built-in Buffalo Network. And you can find us on social media by searching up the Water Buffalo Podcast. I'll be on most social media accounts at, at 2 Changs. You can find Justin on his account by searching up jgods22. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Thanks for sticking, uh, sticking around. I hope everyone gets a lot of food into them. Let's go Bills. Let's beat the Saints. Let's let's take that back, that division, and put an end to these rumors. The streets are talking. The Bills are going to win. And I'm confident and very optimistic that they'll turn it around. Go Bills. Go Bills.